Hey, Nazis, leave that old man alone. My name is Jason, and I am a manager of the last video store in the universe, and I am the only thing holding back the darkness that's going to consume our world. I keep the demons at bay by entertaining them, by determining which films are most worthy of preservation for all time, even beyond the end times, with the assistance of the faithful listeners, the binge lords. We hold the darkness back together, the ever-encroaching darkness of our age. It is getting darker and darker out there, friends. And only us, only those of us who represent the light, the pure light that is home video entertainment, can keep that darkness back. Speaking of darkness, there's Nazis. Nazis are making a resurgence, not just in Hollywood, but in your neighborhood. Pretty terrifying. So, um, if you're on Patreon, patreon.com slash binge movies, you get these reactions, instant reactions, even more instantaneously, and you get extended cuts of them where I ramble just a little bit more. I'm not going to ramble. I'm not going to give you too many spoilers. Just going to give you my review. I'm going to let you know whether or not this film is worth your time in general. Is it worth your hard-earned ducats at your local Cineplex? Yeah. Um, I will score it. Out of five, letterbox standard. Um, I don't, it's truly just off the cuff, left the theater, get home, fire up the old microphone, and let it flow, baby. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, let's talk Nazis. Um, I'm only, I was only being quasi facetious there. Um, Nazis are making a comeback, right? They're showing up all over the place in the real world. So that's going to affect you one of two ways with a movie like Sasu, which is e either you're going to get a visceral pleasure because it is a, a, essentially a revenge film against Nazis uh, in the ilk of a Rambo meets Tarantino meets Captain America, although he's not American, uh, meets Clint Eastwood meets Steven Spielberg. It's George Miller, somewhere in there. So either that is going to be something that gives you a sort of a psychological release, or it's just going to remind you of the dark times that we genuinely live in. And I totally understand that. And Nazis have been bad guys basically since there have been Nazis. Um, I'm doing a series over on Patreon, exclusive for patrons of all levels, uh, re reviewing all of the video nasties uh, that I can get my hands on. If you don't know what the video nasties are, there's a censor censorship committee in Britain uh, during the home video revolution uh, that would censor films and, and, and actually prosecute them. Uh, and that's, I've decided to do this little experiment of watching them uh, because we're in a time also where like, there's a lot of censorship in media. Uh, there's a lot of uh, people trying to dictate uh, what people can participate in and who and what can show themselves in a, in a, in a library, for instance. And the thing about all of that is, um, by and large, in the, for the video nasties, it didn't work. It, it took these movies that quite a few of them are junk. They suck. They're no good. They're not well made. They're not well shot. Um, there are exploitation movies at best. I will dive a little bit deeper into that for patrons at patreon.com slash binge movies for the second half of this. 
But what made them famous, what made them legitimate in a sense, uh, was making them illegal, illegal to own, illegal to rent, illegal for a shop to hire out to people, illegal to have in your house. And that built a lot of intrigue and built an underground culture around these films. And that's why so many of them have been preserved. The irony is, had they not tried to censor the stuff, it probably most of it would have faded into oblivion and obscurity. So censorship doesn't work. Um, here's a movie that's pretty uncensored in a lot of ways. It came out in 2022, uh, elsewhere, 2023, United States, not doing all that great. Um, full disclosure, I was supposed to see it earlier than I did. I couldn't make that showing. Uh, and there was plenty of seats for showings on Saturday and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and heading into the week. So um, that's a sad thing because it's an enjoyable film as much as this sort of thing can be enjoyable. Um, let's start with tone and kind of what the movie is. There are shot compositions in this that feel akin to some of the early Steven Spielberg work, uh, in particular the use of light and golden light. Uh, and there's just something about Nazi silhouetted and shadow and light that is is just always going for a certain generation, harken back to Raiders of the Lost Ark. So there is an element of that. It's a little bit more desaturated. It's somewhere in between Saving Private Ryan and Raiders of the Lost Ark, shot composition-wise. And then the movie sort of tonally feels more akin to some of the Clint Eastwood Western films uh, sort of his revisionist westerns, and, and even beyond the Man with No Name uh, series of films, the just him being a man who want, just wants to be left alone to live in peace, but peace is hard to come by in a world that is torn by greed and lust and war. You know, he made a lot of movies, and that's a kind of an old western trope in general, where the old gunslinger, the old uh, you know, war veteran of you know Civil War or whatever else, Spanish American War, whatever else, just wants to retire and just wants to live their life in peace. But by God, trouble comes a knocking, and they knock on the wrong door. That's more or less this, right? Um, and then because it's interesting that it takes place in Finland, which at least stateside, we do we don't get very many many sort of docudramas nor popular entertainments that are about what is happening at the end of World War II, which in this film is 1944, uh, in places like Finland. Now, it's probably been mentioned, and some people probably fact-check me on movies, but it's never been the focus before. And obviously, I think this is a Finnish film, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but obviously, this is a European film, and so it's interesting to have the sort of the far-flung, remote bush-bush of Finland sort of this very rocky, just remote, desolate place be where most of this takes place. Now, obviously, that saves budget. There's instant production value. Uh, and explain, you can explain away a lot of other things of like, well, why weren't there reinforcements and this, that, whatever. Um, but when we do get into more civilized areas eventually in the film, um, they're, they've been laid waste. And so in that way, it feels both in the desolation and then in the ruins of the old world and just the gnarliness of it, the desperation for things like Gosoline, it all feels Mad Max-esque. And the fact that our protagonist does not speak, um, just grunts for the most part and groans, um, 
It has all of the gore almost at times to comedic effect of a Tarantino film. But so far we've got uh, Spielberg, shot composition, use of lighting, especially early in the film. We've got George Miller, dystopian. And I, let me circle back to that for a quick second. Dystopian, but you could have easily have said this doesn't take place in 1944. A couple of dressing a couple of characters slightly differently. You could have said this takes place in 2044 or 2054 or 3044. It could have been a complete, like a post-apocalyptic wasteland from the future or an alternate past. Um, it has, it has, it's never harped on, but you definitely get the sense of like, oh, well, obviously this war has completely reset the landscape of Europe. And obviously it did. So, um, yeah, so there it's, it has just that vibe that post-apocalyptic films often have. Uh, and then, like I said, with the usage of blood and at times violence, it, it reaches occasionally comedic levels, um, especially when it's perpetrated against Nazis. Um, what's an interesting choice that this film makes is that we, we, ne- we see the aftermath of what is done, but if we don't, we don't uh, belabor the horrors of the Nazis, which is very refreshing because um, Nazis are bad guys, in case anybody's forgot. And so in fiction, I don't need you to, to unless, unless it's, you know, you're, you're doing a historical film like a Saving Private Ryan or Schindler's List or Sophie's Choice or, you know, some sort of dra- drama that's going to handle the material seriously enough uh, and give it the weight that it deserves. If you're just doing a, a revenge film, which is boil it all down. That's what this is. Um, I don't need to see all their horrible atrocities. So the movie does more of implying or you see the aftermath. And I mean, across the board. So we don't really see them commit violence. We don't really see them. Um, we don't we don't see them perpetrate evil really, but we we because we don't really need to. We, we, you know, we don't spend any more time with them and any more focus on them than we need to. There's enough there for characterization, and there is enough there for for uh, brutal kills. To they are uh, cannon fodder for our hero, and that's fine. <laughs> I think that's perfectly fine. Uh, I don't need to, I, I know enough. Um, so yeah, but we get into some Tarantino level violence, a lot of practical effects in this film. There's some CGI, some green screen and uh, a couple of shots towards the end of the film that are green screen are not great, but overall I thought the special effects are very well done. Um, so again, you're getting like a little bit of Eastwood, you're getting a little bit of Tarantino, you're getting a little bit of Spielberg, you're getting a little... Little Robert Rodriguez, just a little bit, but he's kind of in that same zone as Tarantino since they're such close friends and collaborators. Uh, you get a little George Miller. Yeah. And it, it, if, if that is the text, sort of, that becomes the, a blueprint for this movie to work. And you know those movies. You know those westerns. The old man just wants to be left alone, but faces one injustice too many you know if you've seen a rambo i would say especially like rambo two through whatever the most recent one was if you've seen these movies you know the tropes right at one point a character says and i love this i need somebody to do a super cut a super cut of the villains villains in a movie 
saying to the protagonist, why won't you just die? It's great. It's great. And we, we finally get that line in this movie, and it's wonderful. Uh, my biggest gripe with it is that I think the trailer showed too much. Because it's a very simple film. And the thrill of the film is the creative and inventive ways in which the Nazis get brutally murdered. And how far will it go? And how interesting will it be? And how unique will it be? Uh, and there's a lot of unique stuff that had they not shown it in the trailer really would have taken me by surprise. I think it would have added to the thrill of the film because I found myself liking it, but I liked the trailer. So it was just sort of like watching a more complete version of the trailer. And I'm like, oh, I, well, I really like this. And then I get to, I'd say maybe the last 30 minutes, which most of that, if maybe none of that's in the trailer, thank mercifully. And I'm like, oh, now I felt myself really genuinely emotionally engaged, smile on my face, audibly reacting in a mostly empty theater. I was audibly go, oh, man, you know. Um, but what I realized is, oh, these are, these are things I haven't seen. These are things I have. These are images and sounds that I haven't been desensitized to yet. So if you haven't seen the trailer and you like revenge movies and you like movies with blood, guts, gore, and um, a grizzled guy bringing down evil bastards, you know what this is. The movie's for you. Um, if that's not your jam, if that's not what you get down to, this, this one's probably not for you. If you're like, well, I need more story. I need more. The story is really simple. He's a man who uh, fought against the Russians and the Nazis, in particular, most of the Russians, and um, faced horrible atrocities at the hands of the Axis powers and became Rambo, a Finnish Rambo, uh, and then went off to be left the fuck alone and is prospecting for gold. And um, he runs afoul of Nazis. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's it. There's a, there's a couple more story beats to it, but that's basically it. So, and he mows them down. He, and he, he, any Nazi gets in his way, fucks him up real bad. That's the movie. So if that sounds good to you, go see it in theaters. I would give it a three and a half out of five stars. It's a strong three and a half recommendation for me. Um, I think had I seen it in a theater full of people who are really vibing with it, I would have enjoyed it more. The, the couple in front of me and, and me were the only people that seemed to kind of like it. At the end, there was a mid-30s couple, probably on one of their earliest dates, and he was having to explain to her. I don't, I don't mean this in a mansplaining way. I mean, he was literally having to explain to her who Quentin Tarantino was and what Inglorious Bastards was. And she had, she was like, no, I'm not familiar at all. And I'm just sort of like, wow, you're sitting here in this movie and you don't like, this is in America at the very least, this is an obscure film, right? This is a very small budgeted independent Lions, Lionsgate release that got picked up for international distribution uh, and sold because it is akin to Tarantino and John Wick and all this other sort of stuff. It's a revenge movie. so. Presumably, it would sell in the United States. Um, so you're here, probably by his wish, but you don't you don't know what like one of the highest grossing movies that year was. Like, it's not like Tarantino is not like um, the cinephiles director. People know who Tarantino is. 
So it's just a reminder to me that um, there is life outside the bubble of filmdom and film culture, film fandom, rather. So uh, that was a wake-up call. But look, man, I stock shelves all day of CEDs, uh, uh, VHS, HD VHS, DVD, DVD-Rs. Don't ask about those. Uh, I don't even wonder where they come from. Budapest. Um, you know, Blu-rays. You know, so this is my life. And when I'm not doing that, I'm doing this, which is talking about movies. And I'm not talking about movies. I'm watching movies. So, you know, I forget that there are other people who live real lives. Yeah, three and a half out of five stars recommend. Go see it in theaters. I think this movie is going to be a flop, but I think it has a chance of if it lands itself on Netflix or Amazon or somewhere and the algorithm bumps it just a little bit, I believe this has the chance of becoming a a cult thing that later we're, I think, might be talking about this one a little bit more. And if not, I'm going to try to make it happen. So um, I've done it at least for one other film. A couple, of, well, let's just say a couple. A couple, I feel like we, we and the listeners, we push it along, and all of a sudden, a little bit down the road, you know, you see stuff pop off, and you're like, eh, I know where that trend started. So thank you to our dear binge lords. Uh, the things that we can do together, we could save the multiverse. All right, if you are a patron, hold on. And if you are just an ordinary Joe Schmo citizen who has not joined the patron yet, this episode ends for you. So until next time. Binge on.